Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, E-Man. It's your boy, Mo. Thank you for tuning in to the Killer Crossover Podcast. In this episode, me and my boy, E, uh, we break down and do our very own preview of next week's NBA draft. Let's go. Get it. All right, Mo. So next week, so first of all, a few days. We got some we got some crazy times coming up. Um everything feels like it's being rushed with the NBA. Super rushed. Yeah. We got the NBA draft on the 18th of this month. This is that's next week, actually on Wednesday. So in six days. Wednesday. Six um, days away. Yeah, man. And then two days after that, on that Friday, November 20th is when free agency starts and then the real funds begins exactly (laughs) and then the free agency signings they can officially sign contracts on the 22nd so on that monday and then just a week and a half after that training camp begins on the first with the season starting on the 22nd december 22nd just in time for christmas yeah, man, you said it perfectly. It all felt super rushed, and I just hope that everything goes smoothly in terms of the draft, mm-hmm. uh, free agency, training camp, preseason, and rolling out into the regular season. I really hope there's no uh, major injuries because it's a quick turnaround, especially for the Heat and Lakers. For sure, for sure, definitely. And uh, other teams that were in the playoffs in the bubble as well. Um, I mean, Let's start off there. I mean, we saw with the NFL uh, having going into the season without a preseason. The NBA, you don't have much time for a preseason because you got training camp starting on the first and then the season starting three weeks after that. With the way the NFL has all these major injuries to all a whole bunch of these players do you think that's enough time for players to get in their workouts and be ready to prevent injury uh in terms of nba uh i mean it it depends on the situation uh so the teams that were not invited invited to the bubble they've insistently been off since march so -hmm. they've had time to uh you know rest recuperate get in with their trainers, really work on the individual um, facets of their game. They've had plenty of time uh, to continue to to train and hone on their skills. Um, the young players, um, probably it affects the young players a little bit more because they're still coming in their own. They're mm-hmm. still developing uh, their routine. And as a young player, uh, you can only do so much by training. You have to get better by actually uh, game action. You know, yeah. playing in games, playing against competition. Uh, so Getting COVID, up to that game speed. Exactly. With COVID, it makes it really hard to do that because of all the restrictions. Um, so I see with the draft and then free agency and then training camp and then the end of next month, um, Christmas time, we see the um, we see the start of the new season, the twenty the 2021 season. I see it uh, affecting the young players more. Uh, because it's it's the transition is going to be different than what we saw 
in the past. I mean, in years past, you get to see the, um, you have the traditional draft in June, then you have the summer league. Yeah. And then the summer league, and then you have the training camp. So there's a, a period of time where you not only do you get to train with your new two teammates and get acclimated to the new playbook, you're mm -hmm. also playing competitive, competitive basketball. Yeah. So that's going to do a disservice uh, young players, I think, because the draft's going to be held um, virtually. Uh, there's going to be no, no summer league ball. Um, so it's just training camp um, and then, you know, tip off on December 22nd. And that's, that's going to be a potential problem for these young players. So they're really behind the eight ball um, just the careers, which is unfortunate. Yeah, you make a huge uh, and very valid point um, as far as it being, uh, as far as it affecting the young players the most. The, these kids coming out of the draft, uh, a lot of them are coming out of college and they don't, they don't know the speed of the game at the NBA level. Um, probably the closest to that would be uh, Mellow Ball experience over in Australia or Denny Odija's experience overseas, you know, people who have already or, played uh, uh, professional yeah. basketball uh, in or, other countries. Uh, Hampton and, yeah, uh, RJ Hampton. Yeah, RJ Hampton. And, um, in Australia also. Uh, Kellen. Kellen, Kellen uh, he's a point guard out of France. Killian Hayes. Kellen Hayes, yeah. 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 They both play, they played overseas. Yeah. So, but then these other guys coming out of college, you know, Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, a bunch of these other players, um, Tyrese Halliburton, they haven't had that experience. So now they're playing against big men and the game is going faster. So you make a, you make a very, very interesting point there. Um, so going into this draft, who, first of all, who you got going number one? Uh, you see, I've I've gone back and forth with this. Um, obviously, the top three players in this uh, in this draft are uh, Anthony Edwards, uh, Lamelo Ball, and James Wiseman. And um, at the top of the the top of the uh, the draft, um, I think it's it's twofold. It's fit, but it's also best available. Yeah. And Minnesota. Um, I really want to invigorate my franchise and get people excited about my franchise and start putting more butts in the seats. Can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm, with Minnesota with the number one pick, I'm taking Lamelo Ball. Dang. All right. And um, I, I have my reservations on him, but first, let me get to the positives. Mm -hmm. uh, six, seven point guard. You don't see those often. They don't grow on trees. Mm -hmm. um, can see the floor. Uh, is great in the open floor, open in, in transition. Uh, you can put him in, in pick and roll situations. Uh, he can create his own shot. He can create for others. Uh, just has an overall feel for the game that you can't teach. He has instincts. Mm -hmm. um, what really impresses me most about the mellow balls is his improvisational skills. He can really just on the fly, just make something out of nothing. Yeah. Um, so I'm really impressed uh, with him in that regard. Offensively, um, you know, there's really no weaknesses in his game, so to speak. I think he has a little tighter handle than his brother. 
that it uh, and in some game in some areas of his game could use a little bit more refinement, um, meaning uh, shot 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 selection. His mm-hmm. shot selection is terrible, um, and his jumper uh, needs a little work. It's like a kind of like a fadeaway, like bubble pump. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it's different. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but like I said, the kid is box office. He's been in the spotlight uh, since he was like 16 years old, probably younger. Mm-hmm. Um, he's He seems like he's ready for the grind and the responsibility of being um, an NBA player. It seems like he's been groomed for it. Uh, the kid has confidence, endless confidence. He has swagger. Uh, mm-hmm. But I do have my question marks. Um, yeah. Not He's not a defender at all. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't even try. Cherry picks a lot. Um, there's not, there's so many times about, but I, as I've been watching film on this kid that he just doesn't give any effort. Like he'll try to fight over screens. And initially he, in some cases he will get over that first initial screen, but then he'll stop. He won't mm-hmm. even compete. He'll let his man go by. Uh, but when he's engaged, he can make, he can make plays. Uh, but my biggest question, my second biggest question mark is, um, is his dad. You know, his dad is a is a is a motor mouth. He really didn't do um, Melo's older brother Lonzo any favors by doing all that chirping that he did three years ago when yeah. Lonzo was coming out. So I uh, he's been relatively quiet. So I don't think he'll. I don't think Melo will come into the league with a uh, with a chip on it. Not a chip, but a target on his back like his brother mm-hmm. did. Yeah. But as long as expectations are tempered. I think LaMelo is easily the most talented player in this draft. How do you feel? I, I actually agree. Um, and I I made my I made the uh, the episode earlier in the earlier in our season, um, the episode of our podcast earlier, thinking that Anthony Edwards would be Minnesota's first pick. Um, now I have no idea what they're gonna do. I I honestly think that they're gonna trade the pick, but if they do keep it, um, just like if uh, he becomes if he becomes available at number two, I think the Warriors or uh, Minnesota should select Lamelo Ball because I do think that he is the best player in the draft. Um, I like I said before, he reminds me of a Penny Hardaway, and you alluded to you alluded to that earlier when you uh, talked about you know his six seven frame. He's long and lanky. He his improvisational improvisational tongue twister dude his his ability his ability to create out of nowhere don't feel bad it got me too bro (laughs) his ability to create out of something out of nothing is just it's penny-esque and like you said six seven point guards don't grow on trees i mean other than ben simmons lebron james you know, we haven't really seen one since Penny Hardaway. You know, we, I mean, we have seen uh, who, Sean Livingston, but then he wasn't Penny Hardaway. He wasn't that, t- he wasn't that type of guy. He was solid, especially before, especially before his gruesome injury, but he wasn't, you know, that guy. And I think, I think that's what, I think that's what Melo is. Um, he is somebody who could be that guy. Um, I don't think the Timberwolves should pass on him, but I do see them passing on him, whether it's because they're trading out of the spot or because 
they're selecting Anthony Edwards uh, because he is talented and is a better fit uh, remains to be seen. But that's yeah. I mean, that's how I he, as far as Anthony Edwards, um, you know, I feel like he's another talented prospect. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little shorter than um, Melo Ball. I think he's only around six, six five, five, which isn't yeah. short. But the thing that he has over uh, Melo Ball right now is physical. Yeah. Uh, his body is more filled out. His body is more NBA ready. Mm-hmm. Um, offensive package, there's nothing that Anthony Edwards can't do. Uh, creator off the dribble, can create, uh, can create for others. Uh, can get to the cup at will. Uh, good athlete. Um, his jumper uh, is good, not great. Can still need a, little, need a little work. But him next to D'Angelo Russell intrigues me because you get the best of both worlds. You have two ball handlers in your lineup. You got two. You got two players that can uh, operate in the pick and roll. You can have mm-hmm. one play with the ball. You can have one play. You have one play off the ball, mm-hmm. um, so there's 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 versatility there. There's different options, and, and the same with with uh, Lamelo. But the question that I have with Lamelo is, can he play off the ball? Yeah, having the the ball in his hands all the time. I think Edwards, with his his build and his skill set, is a little more um, is a little more uh, able to play off the ball in the NBA than Lamelo would be at this point. I agree. Um, a lot of a lot of people um, have Anthony Edwards NBA comparisons as like Donovan Mitchell. I don't really see that. I see him, and some people say Dwayne Wade. I see that a little more, yeah. but not body too wise, much. Yes. Yeah, body, body wise. Yes. But as far as game, I see him as a rookie James Harden. Someone that that that's just that's just me. I I see him like yeah, a rookie slight, James Harden. Rookie Slightly Bradley Beal, more explosive yeah. James Harden, and then similar that, build, similar size. That brings me to my next comparison: uh, rookie Bradley Beal coming in. Ah. So that, that that's just that's just what I what I feel like he's more tailored to. I feel like Bradley Beal is like his ceiling, his potential, yeah, where he can where he can go. That's a good comp. I never thought of that. Uh, he's not the shooter as Bill is, because that was Bill's specialty. Bill's is a, that Bill is, is a marksman, but yeah, for sure. Bill, uh, Bill has added different facets to his game as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I'll actually like that comp a lot. And then the third person who is being considered uh, for the number one pick, not as highly as the other two, James Wiseman. I'm actually seeing some mock drafts that have him slipping down to five also (laughs) i mean i don't know how i don't know how uh that happens if you know both the warriors and the timberwolves are looking to trade down in the draft but i don't know what what do you think i've i've the mock drafts i've seen have had james wiseman go as high as the first pick Mm -hmm. but i don't in reality that doesn't make sense because they have that there yeah um so there's there's been rumors there's been speculation for months now what the warriors are going to do with that number two pick if they do decide to stay in that number two spot and not trade it away i think you've got to go wise um you need a big man 
Uh, he is um, a prototypical big man. Uh, so, can, so who do you think is a better player, Wiseman or mm-hmm. Edwards? Right now, it's Edwards. Okay, so, but then, uh, and just not to not to not to throw any shade, not to put you on the spot, but you did say going for the best player available as opposed to fit. That's true. That's true. No, I, I definitely <laughs> did say that. You know, just it. What uh, I think it really comes down to is the situation. Mm-hmm. You know, it, every team situation is different. So, certain teams are going to go for fit. Certain teams are going to go um, for best available. Uh, in terms of a fit pick, I mm-hmm. think Wiseman to the Warriors makes sense for a couple of different reasons. Yeah, uh, true seven footer. Uh, shot blocker, rim protector, uh, rebound, rebounder, uh, good defender, uh, athletic. Uh, so I think uh, with the Warriors, with the way that they want to play defense, which is switch everything, um, and for him to go, get into that culture, I think that's the best spot for a young player to go because you have Draymond, who... Uh, is not the elite defender that he once was, but he's still one of the most cerebral players um, in our, in the NBA today. And he and Wiseman so much from Draymond. So in terms that, of that. in terms of fit, that I feel like that would be the best that would be the best situation for Wiseman is to go to the Warriors, where he's not going to be asked to do a whole lot. He won't mm-hmm. be asked to um, to. Step in right away and average 20 and 10. He'll be asked to do little things. Uh, switch out on the perimeter players, block shots, be active, run the floor, uh, a rebound. Uh, the next uh, facet of his game for him to really be a solid pro is to see if he can stretch it out, you know, mm-hmm. mid-range and eventually out to three. Uh, so as far as a developmental standpoint, strong culture, winning culture, great coaching staff, great uh you know, surrounding players, um, I think Golden State is the best best fit. Uh, for Man, you did a really good job selling that. You made me want to draft James Wiseman now. <laughs> 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 no, but um, I do think that James Wiseman has the highest floor of the three. Um, yeah. I do think he has the lowest ceiling, but I think he has the highest floor. Okay, so for the for the listeners that don't understand that, I'm glad you said that. So break it down for our listeners who don't understand that. So explain what you mean. So I feel like James Wiseman, if he were to come into the Warriors, you're right. He he has the ability and he has the time to learn and to develop. Um, he'll come in and he's not going to be expected, like you said, he's not going to be expected to be that 20 and 10 guy right away. Off the bat, he's probably going to get 18 minutes a game out of the center position. Yeah, if that, he'll get 18, 18 minutes a game, and he'll be expected to average maybe six points, eight rebounds, maybe five. Because in points. crunch time, yeah, five crunch points, time they're going to go rebounds. small. Crunch exactly. time they're going to go small, and Draymond's going to be running the five. Exactly. So he's going to be relegated to that Javale McGee role. That when JaVale McGee was with the Warriors and even even with you with you guys with the Lakers, he's going to have that role where he's just expected to protect the rim and, you know, just uh, go maybe five and five, five and six, six and eight at best um, in 18 minutes of game action. 
Now, if you can get six and eight in 18 minutes of game action, that's actually really good. And then you have that time to develop into a 2010 guy. But as far as ceiling, I feel like he has the lowest ceiling because I feel like he has the the least amount of superstar potential compared to Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball. Because I see I LaMelo see Ball because I see LaMelo Ball becoming like a Penny Hardaway type, because I see Anthony Edwards becoming like a Bradley Beal or James Harden type. Those guys are higher, bigger superstars than, I don't know, who's James Wiseman being compared to? Like a like a Hassan Whiteside, you know, so. Yeah, you, make a, you make a great point because, uh, you know, the NBA game has changed, you know, Growing up, you used to need a, a dominant center to be yeah. a title group. Nowadays, it's completely different. You yeah. need space. You need uh, competent point guard. You need you need wings. You need switchable wings, mm -hmm. uh, two-way wings. And that's what teams are prioritizing over anything is shooting, spacing, uh, big guards that can switch multiple positions. So the big man, like you touched on it, it's becoming a little, a little bit more obsolete. You know, yeah. you're not, you're not, teams are not requiring their big men to go out and give them 20 and 10, you know, yeah. except if, except if your name is Giannis, but you know, that's Davis. the exception, not the rule. <laughs> Anthony Davis, exactly. <laughs> Those two guys are the exception, not the rule. Yeah. So the big man is not, is not asked to dominate like that. Yeah. But you make a good point as far as you know high potential but low ceiling because he's not going to have the ball in his hands enough to really make an impact especially when you're playing with Stephen Clay. Exactly. Unless he becomes that Anthony Davis or Giannis who can defend out on the perimeter with that 7-1 frame. If he can't, if he can do that, then he'll be out there for longer than 18 minutes. He'll be out there for like 25, 28 minutes. And then you're you're expecting at least a double double every night. But if the Warriors do take him, it's going to be uh it's gonna be a slow process. They're gonna really sure. bring him up slowly. And that's I th I think that's the that's the benefit of the Warriors taking anybody at that number two spot. You know, they don't have that pressure to perform and be a superstar right away or be an all-star right away. They don't have to be that savior for that franchise because you already have your big three. You already have Steph, Clay, and Draymond as the cornerstones of that franchise. Sure. So from the draft, actually let's 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 stick with the draft a little bit longer. Who do you have as a sleeper in the draft? Okay, I have a couple uh so my favorite player, not named uh, Wiseman, Ball, or Edwards, mm -hmm. is Obi Toppin, the University uh -huh. of Dayton. Mm -hmm. Now, if you've seen this kid, when you're talking about prototype stretch big, he mm -hmm. checks all the boxes. 6'9", uh, 6'10", great, uh, great wingspan. Uh, what would have been the player of the year in college if it hadn't been for the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, a couple of notes here. I agree. Uh, super athletic. He shot over 39% from behind the arc. Um, again, prototypical uh, inside out game. 
his his position most likely in the, on the next level is going to be that five spot. His defense needs a little needs a little work, but in terms of um, player comp, he reminds me a lot of um, Paul Millsap. You okay. know, he can play okay. from the four to five. Yeah, uh, maybe even some three. So I see him um, more like a Paul Millsap, Jeremy Grant type of player. Okay, uh, yeah. but the kid is is talented. I love his game. Uh, he's he's mature. He's one of the older players in the draft. He's about 22. Uh, mm -hmm. But he is, in my opinion, he's the most NBA ready to play, both from a maturity standpoint and a physical standpoint. Mm -hmm. His game just fits perfectly uh, in today's modern NBA. So I'm really excited to see what he does on the level. And that's my story. And so he's definitely so he's projected to go around number four or five six somewhere in the somewhere he's in the top to go eight to Cleveland yeah this time yeah somewhere in the top eight at least um he is definitely a sleeper to creep into that top three if he were to knock somebody off of the top three i don't know who that would be but i do think that somebody would take him in the top three if they were you know if they were in a position where they think you know what i'm not going to be able to trade back to get him and get him at this spot let me let me trade up and take him early but um my sleeper is actually let me go back in my notes here so where did that go it was number oh, okay Precious Achua. Okay. So this guy, not a lot of people have seen much from him. He didn't make too much noise uh, this year in college or even overseas for that matter. But this guy, he's got what I think the potential to be a solid borderline all-star uh, starting, starting uh, forward in the NBA. I think he's just got from looking at uh tape looking at film he's got that work ethic he's got the fundamentals down and when you have those two things you could go as far as anyone in the nba i mean yeah tim duncan had the size yeah he had you know the skill but his work ethic along with his fundamentals is what took him what what was it 20 years in the nba so I mean that's that's where that's where I think um, that's where my sleeper is with Precious Achua. That's high praise. If he's Tim Duncan, like that's high praise. Yeah, and I mean, dude, like he's he's projected to go somewhere at the end of the lottery, maybe in the beginning of maybe uh, you know late teens. But I think with I think with more workouts, more interviews, this guy could creep into the top ten. Yeah, I mean, people got to realize that there's always great value in those in the yeah. middle of the first round, late first round. Mm -hmm. There's great value. Um, another sleeper that I had was USC center. Um, Onyeka Akua. Akua, yeah. yeah. Uh, not much of an offensive game, mm -hmm. uh, but defensively, he's solid. Can cover I, a lot of ground, yeah, can, can switch. Great shot blocker, tenacious rebounder, great, uh, great switches. Um, teams are going to really love his motor. 
teams are going to really like his defensive acumen. Yeah. Uh, offensively, it's going to take him some time, uh, but he's going to be, I think, a solid rotational rotational piece off the bench. Definitely, he'll be that Montrezl Harrell type that you you know that don't you yeah. don't have to really call any plays for. He's just going out there and just getting buckets off of just sheer determination and his effort. He's an yeah. effort guy, energy guy. Um, I like the upside of this kid. Um, yeah, Anyeka Kongu. Sorry, I mispronounced yeah. it, mispronounced yeah. his name. Uh, but yeah, he's actually he's actually somebody that I would hope the Warriors trade down to to pick. He's somebody I hope that the Warriors trade down to pick because I, I I feel like he can fit that Javale McGee role perfectly. Yeah. And another player that I uh, really like was the kid out of Israel. Uh, the six nine, uh, Denny. Denny Odiza. Yeah, he is smooth uh, with the ball. Oh yeah. Um, the small forward, six nine. Uh, great playmaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, very great playmaker. Makes uh, great uh, with the ball in his hands. Uh, can stretch to defense. Uh, he's going to be obviously compared to Luca a lot because of the international uh, connection. Uh, but mm-hmm. he is another solid prospect that I really enjoyed watching film on. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, you mentioned his name um, yeah. earlier. Yeah. Great, great, great solid pickup, whoever decides to get him. I know right now he's projected to go six at Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is some rumors that Atlanta might be looking to trade that pick for a la Russell Westbrook, but we'll see. Uh, oh. So, yeah. I'm hearing Russell Westbrook. I'm hearing George Holiday, but you know, rumors are rumors. <laughs> yeah. But um, this this kid Tyrese Halliburton, man, he has great size. Oh he yeah. Shoot that thing, and he can play either guard position. Mm-hmm. And I think that he can. He's a good complement to uh, the Trey Young. Trey Young, yeah. Because of his size, him able to guard him, him being able to guard both guard positions, and he can shoot. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like a, a poor man's younger, I might be reaching here, but Stephen Clay, you know, we could, okay. we could see that. Yeah. And add him to their other their other pieces that they have. Uh, uh, DeAndre, um, what's his name from Virginia? Uh, DeAndre Hunter, mm-hmm. I think his name is. Um, they uh, The Hawks took him last year. Along oh, yeah, 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 Hunter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have John, you have, uh, John Collins yeah. as well. That's a solid big. So you you add a player like Tyler into that mix, you have a good combination of youth, athleticism, scoring, and shooting. Yeah. Um, they're going to take the lumps. Don't forget they got Clint Capella too. Absolutely, they're going to take the lumps. Obviously, as a young team, but they continue to add the right pieces. Mm-hmm. They could be able to uh, potentially um, uh, jump up in that eighth spot. Yeah. No. Definitely. And I, I think. Uh, it's interesting that you uh, bring up Tyrese Halliburton. I ha- I have him as like a like a Sean uh, Livingston type, but with more range. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, but interesting that you brought up Clay because I now I didn't think about it before, but now I do see that him and Trey Young could be like a like a young Steph and Clay. Yeah. Um, Maybe a little bit of far fetch, but you know, I it, mean. It, yeah, Halliburton has a little more ball handling than Clay does. 
um, yeah. and playmaking ability. But if he could learn how to play off the ball like Clay does, and study study. That. And Trey has Steph range. Yeah, so, for sure. For yeah, sure. he can shoot it from forty feet. Damn So yeah, yeah, that's that's a pretty good that's a pretty good call up. Um, so moving from the draft into free agency. Now this free agency year is unlike any other, obviously because you know the whole pandemic thing and the shortened season, the shortened off season. Um, they teams have only about a month between free agency and the start of the season. There's a couple of uh, free agents out there. I'm gonna throw some names out there. Gordon Hayward has a player option. Fred Van Vliet is an unrestricted free agent and mentioned that he's looking to get paid. Anthony Davis paid. deserves it. Oh, oh yeah, for sure, definitely. He deserves it. Anthony Davis has a player option, which he already said that he would uh, opt out, but he does intend on re-signing with the Lakers. Yeah, he'll um, be back. Yeah. Brandon Ingram is a restricted free agent. Um, those, I, those to me are the biggest names right now. Yeah. What, uh, what do you think happens to each of those? Or if you have something on somebody that I didn't mention? Uh, well, let's start with B.I. Uh, B.I. deserves his money. I mean, he's he had a career year. Uh, he was a first-time All-Star, and he developed into that lead dog, alpha, number one go-to guy. Um, and he showed a lot of confidence and a promise in that role. So I think, um, you know, New Orleans has to do right by him um, and, you know, give the kid what he's worth. He has so the leverage. Mean giving because, him a max contract. Um, that it, it really depends because as a small market team, you want to <laughs> keep your 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 um your cap flexibility as you know as low as possible because mm -hmm. you you uh, you want to have you don't want to play your hand. You want to have leverage. But I see him getting not a full max, but close to the max. Uh, but okay. it's a sticky situation because he is restricted. Mm -hmm. So whatever team decides to sign him on the open market for the offer sheet, you know, New Orleans, New Orleans has to make to that. Yeah. They have to make that decision if they want to yeah. match. Yeah. But I think it's a no brainer. Whatever he gets, you have to match. You have to. I mean, he's developing into, uh, you know, a superstar, you know, what everybody envisioned him to be coming out of college. Um, you know he has he has it he has that it factor he wants the ball in his hands during clutch time crunch time um he has to really um continue to evolve and grow as more of a, as a passer and a defender but he has all the tools to be a great great player in this league for for uh, years to come so i think um so orleans are you matching if he does get offered the max if i'm new orleans yes i'm matching um, all right, because I could easily see a team like New York offering him the max to try and lure him away. Um, I can see that. I mean, they're desperate for for uh, star exactly, power, so. exactly, and that's that's where I'm, that's where I'm getting at. Like, if 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 New York offers them offers Brandon Ingram the max, and New Orleans is hesitant, I mean. We could see Brandon Ingram going to the, going to New York, and then all of a sudden New York makes a trade for James Harden. 
because maybe Houston decides that they, they want to blow it up. And then now you got uh, cor- you got cornerstones of James Harden and Brandon Ingram in New York. And that, that could be pretty scary with RJ Barrett and uh, and uh, Mitchell Robinson there. That's that's a pretty scary. That's scary. Lot up in the East. <laughs> <laughs> that is scary. That's definitely scary. <laughs> so um, you mentioned uh, Gordon Hayward has a player option. Uh, so honestly, I don't think he'll get nearly as. How much is the player option? It's, Over thirty. Million, it's like right? thirty. It's like thirty-one million. Yeah. So he's not getting that on the open floor. For sure. He's had sure. that that horrific injury that cost him a year. Uh, cost him a full season mm-hmm. and then he had that high ankle sprain that cost him most of the bubble and the majority of the playoffs mm-hmm. so he has that injury prone label to him yeah i think for gordon's sake his best bet is to opt in play the rest of that contract out get your money and mm-hmm. then go back on the open floor i mean not open floor but open market to see uh if you can go somewhere else if you don't decide reopening celtics i completely agree I completely agree. He's um, he's definitely not going to get that money from any other team, not right now, anyways. And even if he does opt in, uh, that's a that's a very favorable expiring contract. That's an that's a huge asset that the Celtics could use uh, in a trade. If they and there's they, rumors that they might be looking to move. Yeah, you know, there's definitely there's they, rumors out. If they package him with one of their three first round picks then i mean they could get they could get a star a solid a solid piece to put in put in the middle or you know play it with. seems like boston has a first round pick every freaking year don't they multiple <laughs> first round picks <laughs> it's like many ages stockpiling first round picks like their poker chips man. hey like, and danny Ainge is such an underrated front yeah. office guy he's a such an underrated gm it is ridiculous like to be able to have not even just a fir- not even just multiple first round picks but lottery picks when you're when you were just playing in the conference finals <laughs> like that's just that's just crazy shout out to him for finessing brooklyn all those years ago for all those number one first round right. picks when they traded all piercing kd to brooklyn <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah it, that that was just, that's just ridiculous danny ames but you're you're a genius, man. <laughs> All right, I hate um, the Celtics, but you know what? He has my respect for them. Yeah, for sure. Um, we also mentioned AD with the player option. Uh, he did say he was going to opt out and intends on re-signing with the Lakers. Do you think there's any, even 1% chance that he doesn't re-sign with the Lakers? Uh, no. No. He got his ring. Uh, runner-up for the Defensive Player of the Year, um, which is, you know, I'm not knocking Giannis, Giannis for winning it, but, you know, mm-hmm. it could have went either way. Him and LeBron just was just a seamless transition on the court, watching those two guys go to battle with each other, poetry and emotion. Um, once again, I'm going to throw the word out, leverage. You know, in this case, AD does have the leverage, all mm-hmm. the leverage. So he doesn't have to sign that traditional four- to five-year uh, max contract mm-hmm. uh, he can become a free agent in a couple more years and he can essentially sign um, a two-year deal or a one-year deal with a player option similar to what Katie did when mm-hmm. he first came to the Warriors that one plus one deal 
Yes, exactly. And what LeBron did when he first came back to the Cavs. Mm -hmm. So I see him doing that. Uh, but I also see him signing like a three-year deal. Uh, just again, just to just to um, see what the roster is going to look like. LeBron uh -huh. has what, maybe two to three more years left yeah. in him. He's got he's got so two Rob, plus one. Yeah. So LeBron, I mean, excuse me, Rob Palenka, our GM, is going to have to really start thinking about the future. Like you want to, obviously, you want to love to have AD long term, which is the which is the end goal. But when LeBron's contract is up and he's getting ready to ride off right off into the sunset, you still have to be able to have the cap flexibility to surround AD with talent so you can remain competitive. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're going to so end I think up like New Orleans. Exactly. So <laughs> I think just for flexibility and leverage and option standpoint, I think I see AD signing a, a, a shorter deal. Um, and he he's still young. He's only 27, so he's gonna get one more max deal. You know, he has one more max deal waiting for him. So, yeah. anything's on the table, um, essentially. But to answer your original question, I definitely see him coming back to the Lakers. Okay, and there that's definitely um, the feeling around the league is that he's gonna sign a shorter deal, something like a one plus one deal, maybe a two plus one deal that aligns him with LeBron um and becoming a free agent you know the f next year as opposed yeah. to or in two years as opposed to next year um other players who would benefit from a one plus one deal someone like andre drummond um right now he's got i think it's somewhere around 30 a little south of 30 uh million um but he's on the calves so it's like, do you, do you play the market and see if someone's willing to give you that much at the center position for a center position who can't shoot um, and is a liability on that end? Or do you take the player option and just, you know, play it out? Or do you sign a one plus one deal with the Yeah, Cavs? that's tough you because know, he... he... He's not happy in Cleveland. I don't blame him. That's a, not an ideal situation. I mean, he's yeah. been in the league for a while now. He's going to want to win. Um, so, I mean, could I see him opting out all that, uh, opting out from all that money and going on the free agency? Yeah, I do. Where he would go, um, your guess is as good as mine. Like, I. Dude, maybe he goes to New York with Brandon Ingram and James Harden. <laughs> it's, it's a possibility, man. Yeah, it's a possibility. Yeah. Um, yeah, so coming back around to the dates. Um, so free agency signing or free agency starts November 20th. They can sign on the 22nd. Going back to the training camp, um, short training camp this year. Like you said, no summer league for the young guys. Um, what do you think that means as far as uh, team, not only rookies joining their teams for the first time, but, you know, players, free agent signings, joining their new teammates and just not having that full preseason to, uh, to get that cohesiveness and, and work on their chemistry? It's going to be more mental than anything. Like mm -hmm. it was in the bubble. I was really 
like LeBron said it best. Mentally, this was like the toughest championship he's ever endured. Just, uh, just all the odds that were not really in their favor. Mm -hmm. And again, with the pandemic still um, alive and well, still wearing its ugly head, uh, rookies, young guys, and free agents who potentially might be signing to new teams are all at a, dis are all at a disadvantage because um, shortened off season. Yeah. So, um, you know, I know the NFL, when they were going through their training camp, they, they did a lot of Zoom. Um, so that might be an option. Um, individual workouts, if they're able to do those that are aligned with uh, COVID protocols, um, mm -hmm. that might work. It's just, it's just going to take a little, it's just going to take a different level of focus and, and from a mental standpoint this year, more than other, more than previous year, just because of we're dealing with real life and, you know, it's almost 2021 and the cases have been rising mm -hmm. and they're expected to get worse because it's right around the holidays and the weather is getting a little bit worse. It's getting colder. Um, so yeah, we're in flu players. Yeah, it's flu season. You're right. And these players are going to really, they're really going to be challenged in ways I don't think they've ever been challenged before. So it's going to be interesting to see how they respond. It's, Definitely. It's a lot to take in. Definitely. And speaking speaking of uh, the bubble, when before the NBA was going into the bubble, um, you know how they were slowly bringing in, um, you know, mini training camps where, uh, where teams can meet with each other a few days before going into the bubble and, you know, just basically quarantining together. Um, how do you think that's going to work with the season? Because I, I mean, I, I saw that the season starting on the, uh, December 22nd, but they didn't mention anything as far as their uh, policies and, you know, how they're going to do go about the season as far as maybe regional bubbles or if they were going to do quarantine um, before whatever yeah. what have you that's a that's a great question you know um the lakers have already came out and announced a couple of days ago that there will not be any fans for home games at stable mm -hmm. um so as far as protocols are concerned i think they'll continue to do what they did while they were in orlando for the bubble uh daily testing Mm -hmm. um, if somebody breaks protocol, they have to quarantine for X amount of days. If somebody violates any protocols, you uh, face uh, suspension, maybe even loss of draft, bail, fines, things of that nature. Just uh, players are just gonna have to take this take this seriously. They're gonna have to really be. Um, responsible when they're on their off time mm -hmm. and if they are going to step out uh just make sure you mask up mm -hmm. but i do think the nba is going to test and they're going to test regularly yeah definitely definitely um i'm just worried about you know uh, another situation like the nfl where you really don't have control over where these players are going when they're not at practice when they're not at games um, i'm predicting there's going to be there's going to be COVID cases. I'm predicting yeah. there is going to be COVID cases. Mm -hmm. It's just hope. It's just, I just hope these players are going to be smart about it. Yeah. I just really hope that they're going to really like look at the bigger picture. For sure. 
for sure. Um, and speaking of the draft, got a big announcement. Big announcement for our show. Oh yeah, yeah, E-Man, <laughs> do the honors. Do the honors, so, my friend. So for those of you who are listening, uh, whether you're new listeners or whether you've been riding with us since you know the first few episodes, I mean, we are a pretty relatively new podcast, but we will be doing a live broadcast on November 18th for the NBA draft. Uh, I will post the details. You can catch us on Twitch. If you want to be part of the episode, if you want to be part of that stream, you can hit us up on Twitter and we will, uh, we will, we will say your questions out loud. Um, ask your questions out loud so that everyone could hear and we will answer them in real time as we get them. Um, we will yes, also, sir. we will also have live reaction to, to draft picks. I don't know if we're going to go for the whole draft cause that could take hella long, but we'll, we'll, we'll try at least to do the there. lottery. Yeah. At we'll least do the lottery or we'll at least try to do the first round. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll definitely get through, uh, most of it. And then of course, if you know, there's a trade or any breaking news during the draft will be on Twitter. So remember to follow us on Twitter at Emankoa at E-M-A-N-K-O-A. Mo. And follow me on Twitter, uh, your boy Mo87. All right. And if you want to, uh, if you're interested in being a guest on the live stream, hit us up on the email or hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on the email, thekillercrossoverpod at gmail.com. Again, that's thekillercrossoverpod at gmail.com. Uh, Mo, it's been a good episode. Uh, I hope you, I hope, I hope, I wish for you a good draft day for your Lakers. Um, just like I know you're hoping for a good draft day for my Warriors. <laughs> it's always. Let me, good, let me get a solid backup point guard. I'll be happy. Solid backup point guard. Hey, I'm just hoping that whatever the Warriors decide to do, whatever Bob Myers, Steve Kerr, and Joe Lacob decide to do, it is for the best of the team. My hey man, my that, hope, that Warrior brain trust is they're they're about their business, man. So you guys are in good hands <laughs> either way. I'm hoping I'm hoping it's either a trade for Gordon Hayward, like I mentioned on Twitter, or a trade for Drew Holiday, like I mentioned on Twitter. If you don't know what I'm talking yeah. about, hit on my Twitter, go read my tweets. I've I made threads for each of those trade scenarios for the Warriors. Go hit that up. Man breaks it down. My boy be breaking down the scenarios <laughs> like no other. <laughs> but yeah. All right. Um, and that's it for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you. We hope we will see you and hear from you for that live stream. All right, we out. Yes, sir. We'll be back next week. And then after that, me and E-Man will be taking a little break for the holidays. But we'll be right back with you towards the end of the, end of the month and beginning of December. Peace.